Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Welcome back to part two with Melissa Worrell, Master of Wine Stage One student. So last week's episode, she was talking all about her challenges on the MW program, what she's learned so far. And then she gave us a little recap into South Australia's wine regions and how the grapes taste depending on where they are planted. Well, today we're going to talk about Austria. So after the Master of Wine student seminar that takes place in Roost, Austria, where Mel attended, she certainly had her fair selection of wine and many of those were Austrian. So you will learn what happens in that one week away, some Master of Wine facts and figures, and then we're going to go over to those Austrian grape varieties. So I asked Mel, how is she going to blind taste a Grüneveltliner, Austria's number one grape variety, and then also the top reds, so Zweigelt and Blaufrankisch. You will realise that even when you get to Master of Wine student level, you still can't pronounce everything properly. So after looking over several YouTube videos and pronunciation websites, I can now confirm what we should be saying later in the episode is Neusied Lassie, one of Europe's largest lakes situated in Austria, but it's also a DAC, Distritus Austria Controllatus. So it's a designated Austrian wine region that is the home of Zweigelt. Now, if anyone is after spellings of some of these wines and regions, don't forget there is a transcript. So just go to the show notes. Now, before I go to this chat, I was fortunate enough to be able to pick up a tasting box of Australian wines when I was judging at the International Wine Challenge a few months ago. So I saved them knowing that I was going to be speaking to Mel about Austria. Wine. Now, there were no Grunewaldliners in the pack, but instead three Rieslings. So, this is the second most planted white grape variety in Austria. And all of them really showed wonderful energy, minerality. Each one, I wrote down notes such as whetstones, flint, steel, and they all had this lovely lime zest or a zing and softened with a slight peachier vibe and a touch of acacia honey, something honeyed. So if you want some producers to check out, I tried wines from Weingut Malut, Weingut Jürschicht and Weingut Hirsch. So Malat is from the DAC Kremstal, 10th generation. It's all about terroir driven wines, but then actually so are the other two who are both based in the DAC Kamptal. So Jürschicht has 700 year old natural cellars. It's supposed to be amazing to see. And all their wines are made organically and Hirsch farm biodynamically. Now, one of the reds in the pack was just my absolute favourite. So, I am making them my winery of the week. So, the wine in question is from Heinrich. It is their 2017 Cuvée Panobile from 
Bergenland, where they are based. Now, the wine is 60% Zweigelt and 40% Blaufrankisch. You're going to hear more in the podcast of what to expect from these two varieties. The grapes are planted on their top south facing and east facing slopes, biodynamically farmed with wildwood spontaneous fermentation and 21 months aging in used 500 litre oak barrels. Now, I saved a tiny dribble to record this. So, regarding flavour, profile let's see now it is a fruit delight but with sophisticated savory undertones now there's real warmth to the nose black plums damson and then some red currants mixing on in there there's also a little touch of prune and then the oak comes through with a bit of Wood smoke, licorice, black pepper. Now, mm. the wine, it's medium bodied, it's fresh, little sappy, loads of cherries and herb. It's just lovely and juicy. Lovely ripe red fruits with like a, like a nice sour cranberry on the finish. And the tannins are, are medium plus, quite high, but they're silky. And then, mm. It's really got that nice, wild, outdoorsy element to it. It's great. Now, this would pair perfectly with an Austrian stew. I'm not being very creative here, but they throw in all these herbs and tomatoes and it would go great with either beef or the typical Austrian sausage. Now, anyone who likes the idea of this, you can get it in the UK from the sourcing table for £29.50. There's also one of Henrik's white blends on the site called Naked White. I guess that's after their big focus of biodynamics, where I read the vineyards are filled with sheep, ducks, hens and bees from their vineyard beehive. They've planted fruit trees and shrubs and bushes to encourage more wildlife. They're very much as a winery into innovation. White wines are left on skins longer. They're doing less extraction from their reds. They've planted some Merlot, although they are more focused on the indigenous grape varieties. And the name of this wine that I'm tasting is after a group of nine wineries in the northern Bergenland. So it's around the village of Golds. And Hemrich is part of this exchange and friendship group, as they call it. So they've come together in 1994 and the focus is to share ideas and just increase the typicity of the wines made in the area. So a great winery for you guys to check out. And on that note, I'll take you to part two with Mel. Now, I want to go over to Austria uh, because that is where you had your Master of Wine, your first Master of Wine trip. So is this the trip that everybody goes on? On, in their first year when they're stage one Master of Wine student? So stage one Master of Wine, there is a trip. So it's a compulsory residential for a week. Um, it doesn't have to be Austria. So they also do one in Adelaide. Uh, which oh, do I... they? <laughs> well, it's probably good that you did Austria. Well, I've Something never been new. to Austria, whereas I've been to Adelaide once or twice. Before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another one in Washington. Um, okay. And I think if it hadn't been so... 
close to the pandemic and that sort of stuff, I probably would have gone to Washington. But mm-hmm. Austria was basically the first time I got on a plane in two years and I was a bit nervous yeah. um, about what airports were like. So, um, yeah. But I'm so pleased I did because I met so many wonderful people. Um, yeah, so everyone does a week-long residential um, where you learn how to be an MW student. So basically mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time crying um, and you spend a lot of time <laughs> doubting yourself um it's fairly yeah fairly well how it went (laughs) yeah and then you you then they build you up a little bit you think oh my gosh maybe I can almost do this and then you fall over again and then build you up Mm. a little bit more um but it was brilliant so we spent a week with some really really lovely masters who have you know been there done it got the t-shirt and now they're they're telling us how to do it and I think one of the massive things is yeah just learning what an answer needs to look like how it needs to be structured because it's not the same you know you think oh who put your hands up if you've done the diploma and you know you pop your hand up thinking like yeah I've got this check out everything you know like, oh, man. <laughs> actually talking of your diploma what is yeah. what happened in your diploma because I remember you telling me that you had you did a massive mistake in your <laughs> like d3 exams right and I don't I know what did. that is. I don't remember what that is, but the fact that you mentioned oh. it, I'm assuming it was funny. Well, now. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't funny then. So I, you probably hadn't established this, but so I'm from the Barossa. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of Riesling. Um, and so in my, in my tasting exam, I had a flight of wooded Chardonnays, oak Chardonnays. And I was like, oh God, oak Chardonnays, these are probably crap. Um, mm. And mark them, mark them not particularly kindly, which like, oh, it's just embarrassing on, on reflection. It was obviously panic. Um, I'm rubbing my eyes while I tell you this because I'm <laughs> cringing at the thought of it. Um, and I failed. I, I failed my tasting exam because they weren't, they were all fantastic quality and they were all really lovely either um Oak Burgundies or good quality, um, <laughs> good quality um, US chardonnays um and so i cocked it up and i had to revisit and now i still every time i have an oat chardonnay i i go to go i go to market as one thing and i have to i have to tell myself no 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 and put it as a yeah pick it up no if it's got oak in it it's gonna have to be good quality and i think it is just being exposed to such like oak staves and oak chips and that kind of stuff when i was younger that i've got yeah Mm -hmm. one of them one of them Oh bless you! Oh how f- well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say how funny again. My choice of words yeah. are not really appropriate. Not how sad and it, no, I do you know that's not that, that's because you're actually my friend, and so that's why I can treat treat you mean, keep you keen. Now going back, so just a question in because everybody goes on this study trip, and you're not the first person to tell me that they ended up spending the week literally crying and doubting themselves. Mm. That isn't just you. Mm. This this is everybody. So. How comes? Is it because you're literally there and they're they're telling you this is what you need to do, this is what you need to expect, this is going to be hard, and then that's when you just kind of it. Is it when the realization it finally sets in? Oh shit, this is what I'm doing, and I don't think I'm ready. Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> so Short they, answer. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, um, that's fine. I'm happy. Yeah. With they. <laughs> they. I mean, they're very. They're very kind compared to. They all tell. Maybe they made that up. I'm not sure, but bless them they've all got stories about how when they do it they they were all crying you know when they were (laughs) doing their stage one because they were told Mm. they were never going to pass and what the hell were they doing here and that sort of thing and I don't need them to do that because I do that in my brain anyway um bless you but it is just you know this is what you need to do and now you're going to do an exam on it 
and then you'll do the exam and the feedback and you'll be sitting there you know everyone everyone there's good everyone everyone on the program's there because they're good at what they do mm. um and so to get nothing right is you just feel like the rug's been pulled out from underneath you, you think oh fuck like have i been faking it for the last 15 yeah. what the heck's going on how can i've got none of these right so you actually do so it is actually they give you like a mock exam the week is essentially exams you, you go into oh, an exam you found out you failed that's why you're crying okay so every day it's just torture yeah, and then you go into another exam you find out you failed then you do a lesson on you know trying not to fail and then you have dinner <laughs> that's brilliant so, so from 8 30 in the morning you're in an exam every day it's a three, uh, two two hour two and a half hour exam every day so your brain is fried by the time oh no okay um yeah by the time you finish plus also yeah you know and there's they're just trying to i guess grab your attention as much as you can so there's tastings constantly you know tastings at lunchtime tastings in the evening we've got different producers coming which is like is just absolutely amazing but it is um you know your your brain's in overdrive yeah and then yeah and then you fail and I guess, um, yeah, a lot of us aren't used to being bad at wine. No, no, I f- exactly, because that's <laughs> who we are as people. We talk about <laughs> wine, and that's our supposed to be our superpower. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because the majority of people are at a lower level because they haven't studied wine, so they're constantly telling you, you know everything about wine, and then you go and do something like this, and then you realise oh my God, my level is just appalling. Um, But it's not appalling, but it it is in that scheme of where they're trying to get you. But that's why Master of Wine, there's only 400 odd people in the world. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think I I wrote this down because I wondered just in case you wanted to know. Oh, facts and figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's 419 MWs in the world at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been 498 that passed since the first exam in 1953, but some of them are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, the pass rate's notoriously low. There's more people that have been into space than have become masters of wine. Now, that's an interesting comparison. That's a very interesting comparison. Love that fact. Well, I don't love the fact. I love that you uh, compared it. (laughs) It goes to show how hard the program is. So, so tell me, okay, you were doing lots of tasting. You were in Austria. I hope that they gave you some Grunewald Lina. I had <laughs> a substantial amount of Grunewald Lina. Yay! A substantial okay. amount, okay, um, which was perfect. absolutely brilliant. So what I did as well, I was very, very lucky um, and fortunate that I travelled with one of my um, fellow students for a couple of days before we went to before we went to Rust. So nice. I actually had even more Grunewald Lina than um, than I would have just had for the normal week. So mm-hmm. um, so I went to Camp Tau, um in the. Mm-hmm. Like northwest, yes, DAC of um of Austria, and yeah, tasted some amazing Grüner Veltliners and Rieslings there. Um, yes. with yeah, with the producer called um Hirsch, and that was yeah, that was really wonderful. I want you to tell everyone listening because you've tasted so much Grüner Veltliner. If they were blind tasting, what should they look out for to identify a Grüner Veltliner? What have you learned? What I've learned is that Gruner Veltliner looks different at different times. <laughs> oh my God, that's not that um, is not I useful. Know. How's that? So, um, no. Some of the Gruner Veltliners, particularly from the um, the better vineyards, are more gener- more generous in alcohol and more generous in fruit profile than what I would have anticipated. So, okay. Or, 
almost like a um, white stone fruit and and you know to 13 percent alcohol in some of the um some of the top vineyards as opposed mm -hmm. to in my mind before tasting um the greenest through austria it was a relatively high acid lowish alcohol or maybe not low moderate alcohol um mm -hmm. kind of peppery that's only like one example of the shape that greener can take so structurally yeah. they can get to sort of like 13 percent alcohol as well as having that high acid as well as having they'll have that kind of green and like pepper element through them that they'll have like um more of a generous fruit profile as well um which i enjoyed so much more than what i was expecting i, I, I found them really yeah found them really enjoyable so, I mean, obviously, if people do find green notes and then white pepper and high acidity, I mean, that is the classic, I guess, what we expect that if they do find it, that's probably Gruner Vertolina. But they should also be prepared. Yeah, the higher quality, higher quality stuff is potentially peachier, richer, rounder. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah, that richness and roundness. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, the structurally, structurally, probably the alcohol was the surprising thing for me mm. um, with the greener as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then you, did you spend just your time in Camptal? Because obviously for anybody who is wanting to know a little bit more about Austria, that there's that whole strip of the three wine regions next to each other. There's Wachau, Kremstal and Camptal. And Grüner Veltliner, of course, is the great variety of these three wine regions, but also equally Riesling does really well. Did you just spend spend time in Camptal or did you venture through the other two? I did just spend time in Camptal. So I went mm. I went for a very heady day um, in Camptal and then went back into Vienna um, mm -hmm. and then went into Bergenland um, okay. after that. So I spent time through, yeah, through Bergenland for the few days after that too. So back into La Frankish and Zweigelt country. Okay, great. Let's talk about these great varieties. <laughs> and can you can you give us can you give us an easier answer, please? How would you blind taste? <laughs> how would you blind taste Blau Frankish? Um, okay, so I would blind taste. I'm going to start with Weigel because okay, I'll tell you why fine. you're allowed it's to in tasting because it's in tasting order. Um, so Weigel, um, interestingly, is I want to say this is one of the most planted red grape variety in Austria. Mm. Um, which I um, I found surprising, and then once I was there, it didn't surprise me at all because it's just it's vigor bloody everywhere. Um, yeah. Medium body, soft acid, high tannins. I think like it's the most most Pinot Noir esque mm -hmm, of the two. Mm -hmm. Without, I don't like Pinot Noir being a reference point because I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm from the Barossa. And I drink a lot of Grenache. <laughs> so to me, Grenache <laughs> is a reference point and Pinot Noir is a periphery. Um, yeah. But it's Vigo, it sits with a sort of similar thing. Like you're getting this red fruit, you're getting a little bit of spice, but it's genuinely quite a, like a medium, medium, medium sort of wine. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bla Frankish is a bit more late ripening. Um, yeah. It can get quite dense, high tannins. And what I've found interesting is, the I guess the spectrum that was made again, but the amount of oak you know, you could use like you saw La Frankish with quite a lot of like new oak, whereas Vigel, if it was in oak, tended to be the bigger, older you know, like the 500 litre casks. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Vigel to me is the lighter, 
Um, yeah, always more elegant. Soft, I, yeah. Ex- I expect some kind of, I expect silky tannins and this more elegant vibe, certainly, with, with Spiegel. I think silky tannins is a good description because they're quite high, but they're actually mm. really elegant. Yeah, I like that. And ah, one thing you didn't say, which I do know, because I just want mm-hmm. to sound like a boffin, is Weigeld <laughs> is a crossing of Blaufrankisch with Saint Laurent. But I mean, I don't know. We probably shouldn't go into Saint Laurent right now. <laughs> I did know that, you know, but I thought that might be boring for the audience. <laughs> oh, oh, are you calling me boring? I was trying to... Sh- Listen, Mel, this podcast has been all about you and your wine facts, and I wanted to get one in myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing fact, you know. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thanks, Mel. I really, really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> actually, I really like the great varieties of Austria. And I think that people probably don't go there because, of course, everyone buys their Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlots and Malbecs, things that they feel very comfortable with. And I think you can get some really, really good value. What did you actually feel about the the quality level versus, you know, price point for, for the wines you were tasting? At what price point do you think that the wines started getting really, really good? At 10 euros, were they? So this is a answer from a place of complete privilege. Mm. I didn't have to look at the price tag of any of the wines <laughs> because I was in structured tastings with either producers or the IMW for the whole week. So I don't know how much they cost. I can well, tell you okay. the vineyards they're from. I can tell uh, you. <laughs> I went to Vienna, everybody, and at 10 euros, I was drinking some really good wine. There you go. There's my yeah. conclusion. I mean, Mel, Mel, again, she she's too above us, everyone. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> that sounds really wanky, doesn't it? I feel like saying I went to a cracking, I went to a cracking schnitzel house, right, when I was in Vienna. I was so excited to get some schnitzel. And then yes. to finish off with, I had some, I had some sweet wine. Oh, my God. It's like a 1989 Trocamur and Um oh, wow. and it was like five euros for the glass. And it was what? freaking banging. I couldn't believe oh. it. It was absolutely amazing. So that was my bigger. I did pay for wine and it was outlandishly fantastic value. Well, there you go. There's the conclusion. That was what I was, that's what I was telling you, Mel. <laughs> Such good <component. laughs> Please have it with schnitzel. Yeah. Um, can you describe to me then, we'll leave the grape varieties. I think, you know, because you can there, there are more that we can touch on like Saint Laurent, but, you know, Grünewaldliner, Zweigelt, Blaufrankisch, these certainly are the three that I think people should go and try if they haven't. But you went mm-hmm. to Kamtal and you went to Bergenland. Can you just, oh, describe what it was like, how they are? How's Kamtal? <laughs> that was gorgeous thanks for asking um probably <laughs> the thing that i that blew me away the most getting into austria and then catching the train out to Cantal uh was how dry and brown everything was so i was there in oh, really uh march i really expected austria to look like have a different landscape I super think I green right be quite green yeah quite green um and then once i started talking to the producers um they were saying that it had just been like the most ridiculously dry winter they're actually going through um, drought um, in Austria, of all places. I'm used to that in Australia, but no in Austria, um, to the fact that That's they hadn't fair. had any proper snow, um, so they hadn't had any of the snow melt or anything like that to nourish the ground. And, and I found that really interesting. And one of the, the themes, I guess, that came through speaking with the producers um, through that week was how climate change is impacting um, how they're growing their grapes and turning to their vines. And these are mm. sort of like regions that have got four, five, six hundred year winemaking histories that are having to kind of, oh, we haven't come across this before. Um, so that was quite um, quite an interesting, I guess, sub-theme to, to the visit um, was, yeah, just how starkly brown um, Austria was particularly, yeah, particularly going out to the Kamptau. Um, so Kamptau is 
fairly high-ish altitude, so mm. um, going up around sort of four, five, six hundred meters, and a lot of the a lot of the vineyard is terraced on yes. quite sort of there's a there's a mix of soils but quite sort of like rocky soils there and terrace so that's where the gruner and the riesling are planted um and it kind of runs along the river danube the danube's like quite a i guess mm-hmm. quite a, um, a, a feature of the, yes. the landscape there as well so um that's Kamtau and mm-hmm. Bergenland so within and around Bergenland um I went to sort of that's quite a big area compared to Kamtau um and sort of broken into a, like a few different DAC so I think Kamtau to, to give you um scrape I think it's around 9,000 hectares under vine whereas Bergenland's like over 13,000 hectares under yeah. vine mm-hmm. and um so covers like now this is I apologize again in advance. Pronunciation. For my pronunciation. I know, I know. My clunky cons- Australian tongue yeah. is just not as elegant as the European one. But like Liefberg, um yeah. and Einstadt and Rust were the sort of the three areas within Bergenland that I spent mm. the most amount of time. Um Liefberg is where Birgit Brunstein's um sort of vineyards are based of so looking over to the the big lake, mm. um, which is the uh, the the Noodle Sea. Um, no, no, what is it? Nuis, nuis, nuis. I've I'm always so said, okay, I've always said, Nusedlesi. Nusedlesi. Nuisidl. Oh my God. Okay, Austrians <laughs> turn off now. They're, they're yeah, Nuisidl. Um, see, I know, I'm God. I'm so, I'm so embarrassed that I'm doing Nusedlesi. Nusedlesi. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Right, well, I'm going to try with Nuisidl. I'm see. Nuisidl on Actually, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's where, that's where her vineyard is. Um, and then Einstadt and Rust and, um, and yeah, most, mostly like the red wine plantings through there. So the Weigel, the Black Frankish, the St. Florent as well, which I'm not sure if you know, but, um, actually is one of the, the parents of, uh, Zweigel along with Black Frankish. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before. There we go. Oh, fun fact, Mel, fun fact. <laughs> you were dissing my fact before. So, um, well, 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 you know, if you want to bring the, the crossings into play, go for it. <laughs> anyway I think that's very interesting yeah 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 so um and so like quite so we speak about sort of coastal influences and altitude and that sort of stuff so the the Amsi so the the lake Mm -hmm. um the the Noisidle Amsi so on the lake has quite a lot of cooling influences and and moderating and and that sort of thing as well um and in and around um Rust particularly is the Ruster Alsbrook, which is its own little, um, I guess, sub DAC that um, is botrytis affected sweet wine, um, but it can only be made from grapes within the Rust area. Hmm. So that's that's where that lake is making that kind of like, like, you know, humidity to really get the botrytis sort of happening on those vines. So I found that quite interesting as well. Good fun fact. I like that. I, I'm, I'm yeah. just there's so much I think in Austria that none of us have an idea about. There's so much to to investigate, and then you have these even interesting white blends in Vienna itself. I mean, there's just mm. so much to 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 go through. Did you prefer Bergenland or do you prefer Kamptau? I would have thought Kamptau with its with its terraced vineyards and higher altitude and slopes. I would have I would have thought that that would have been slightly more beautiful. No. Kamtau was really, really beautiful, yeah. um, but I loved spending time in Rus. Like the village itself was absolutely gorgeous. And because I spent nearly a week there, I think I had quite, you know, I sort of, I was quite excited to be there. So I woke up quite early most mornings and went for a walk. Oh, um, and I think sort of walking in amongst the vineyards and 
um, watching the sunrise, that kind of stuff. It sounds a bit funny, but it actually reminded me of being back in the Barossa. It reminded me a little bit of Greenock, uh, which is where my grandma's from, um, with the vines and the cherry blossom trees and I think just the birds in the morning. Like it was quite peaceful. It's quite rural. Like there wasn't much Mm -hmm. traffic at all. Um, And I just had this, yeah, this really lovely sort of nostalgic familiarity to it. So Camp Mm -hmm. Toe is definitely beautiful from a vineyard perspective, but I think that the the village that I stayed in, um, I've I've decided I've, I've chosen a house that I'm going to move to and everything. Love it. Oh, that's perfect. And now (laughs) we all know, and we know what you're going to be drinking. Actually, to be honest, you know, you could be drinking Riesling Greener. You could be drinking Sect. I mean, Austrian Mm. Sect, I think that's becoming a bit of a thing as well. I'm not sure whether whether you even got to try any Sect, but they're 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 getting a bit more serious. I didn't have any Sect while I was there. Um, no, but I would absolutely like, like, and what I, what I found fascinating actually was what we were drinking there versus what Austrians export are relatively different. They're keeping mm. all their deliciousness to themselves. Um, or they're exporting um, a lot more around Europe than what we're seeing in the UK. I guess Ugh. what we're seeing in the UK is only mm-hmm. a small fraction mm-hmm. of the, I guess, the style and the the range of the the wines that they have. So, um, yeah, I think drinking local was a, like a really lovely thing. Um, and yeah, eating local cucumber cream and mm. potato salads and schnitzel is just honestly it was with a green of Veltliner would actually be with a green of Veltliner. What I did on my perfect. last day, I had a schnitzel and a green of Veltliner before I had mm. to get on the before I had to get on the bus to go to the mm. airport. Well, I'm going to tell you something that you have definitely missed out on your Austrian sect because actually it is Camptal itself that apparently is really the region that's well re- pushing um, sparkling sparkling styles did you know that oh my did anyone did did anybody so they were too busy telling you you know to drink green about lena to tell you yeah i mean actually i'm not sure if it's in the uk but i mean i know that schloss oh actually oh god am i gonna gobblesberg i don't know they do some really really good sparkling and sepp moser of kremstal who are definitely in the uk they also do some pretty good sect so i don't know we need to investigate and see if we can find we're gonna find some well we should probably go back to austria and check it out what do you think oh well that would actually be better than actually finding a bottle here wouldn't it i think that sounds like a plan all right okay i think i think is everyone sufficiently inspired are you all inspired listening yeah sure okay cool (laughs) (laughs) should we stop okay perfect um let's uh stop recording so we can plan our trip to austria what do you think okay perfect i'm happy with that like i said i've already found a house (laughs) <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm loving this. And um, I, I fancy some schnitzels. I'm so excited to have schnitzels. We need to go back. Mel, thank you so much. You're amazing, as always, my love. And I can't wait to share a bottle of Gruner or some sect with you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me prattle on for such a long time. Love listening to you prattle on. Now, I promise to do a more in-depth episode into Austria, as there's just actually so much to cover. And I think it's a really exciting region. But for now, you can go back to episode 54, specifically 18 minutes in, and you can hear me talking about the great variety Saint Laurent, or even better, episode 37, which is with Austrian master sommelier, Stefan Newman. So in that episode, I touch on Gruner Veltliner with food pairings at the beginning of the episode, and then right at the end, food pairings with Zweigelt and Blaufrankisch. Now, as always, I leave you with a wine quote, and instead, 
instead of an Austria related, because you know, I couldn't find one, I've gone with education. I found one short but sweet quote from Stephen Fry, who's an English actor, broadcaster, writer, etc. And he said, wine can be a better teacher than ink. Well, for me, wine teaches me patience, reflection, hard work, and is the testament of time. So let me know what wine teaches you or segueing what you want to be taught about WineWise. Just get in touch with me by email, yanina at eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk and yanina is spelt with a J or on Instagram, you can direct message me at eatsleep underscore wine repeat and that is it for today you know what i'm going to ask you make sure you have subscribed if you haven't already do like the podcast share the podcast with your wine loving friends put it all across social media and if you are listening on apple podcasts do leave me a few stars and reviews as it makes the podcast more discoverable now next week i'm talking with paul callum kiarian he is second generation owner of the original wine of the month club and he is somewhere north of a hundred thousand wines tasted so he has his own podcast called wine talks with paul k and he's going to be talking to us about some really exciting varieties to try advice on reading the wine labels some food pairings so just some good old fun wine chatter so join us next week and until then cheers to you